Welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm your host, Kurt Flagel, and on this show, we're doing once again what we did on our last show. We are going to be practicing scriptural listening prayer. And once again, we have Kim Ward, our special guest and my good friend who was with us last time. And the reason we're doing this is twofold. One, it was pretty powerful for us. Two, we had technical issues last time that caused people who were listening to not hear the second part of the broadcast, especially the part where Kim and I were sharing what we received from our experience listening for God's voice through the scriptures. So we're doing it again. What is scripture listening prayer? We're going to explain it right now. So let's just jump into it. Kim, welcome back. Thanks for having me back again. I love it. It's always good to have you. And it's really, I think, exciting for you and I to do this together once again. Because um, if there's anyone in my circle of friends and people that I love to share this kind of thing with, uh, which I do love to share (laughs) about what uh, God is doing in my life and how and the practices Mm -hmm. that he is teaching me to draw closer to him. I would say out of all the people, you're the one who I think connects most with these ideas and these practices. So it's cool. Yeah. Well, it's fun for me too. I admit I like learning new things and experiencing new things with God and with other friends. So, you know, I'm always up for a new challenge. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. And that's what I love about you. Honestly, if there's one thing I've learned when it comes to our journey in growing closer to God, it's, uh, it's not about where you start. We all start messed up and broken at some level. It's about where you're willing, how much actually you're willing to let God in, how much you're willing to receive. Uh, as I've been thinking a lot lately, is is really what you receive is what you reflect. And The scripture that God talks about uh, for me that really exemplifies this idea is John 1, 12. It says, for those, this is a rough, I don't have it in front of me. (laughs) So this is a really rough rendition. This is a Kurt Ruff translation. But it says, for those who received, for those who believed in his name, he gave the right, also authority, right, word authority, to be children of God. And so it's not, as James also talks about, Jesus' half-brother, it's not just about believing because even demons do that and and shudder, right? It is about receiving. And you're a person, from my experience, who knows their porn spirit, who knows that they need God, that they're incomplete, that they're hurting, and they need his healing power. And you keep going to him again and again and again. And so I, I honor you for that. I honor your, your uh, you know, other people um, might not see you in that light, but I honor you because I see someone who has a heart for God. So 
Jeez, good thing no one could see this because I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. So last time, we did something. uh, It was a little different. We did a scripture listening prayer. And uh, do you want to explain? I'm going to move this just a little closer to you because I feel like you're quieter than me tonight. Uh, so I want to move the mic. Every once in a while. Yeah. This is the fun of a live broadcast. And, and uh, now we're still learning as we go on technical stuff. So just a bit. Yeah. It's okay. Anyway, we scripture listening prayer. Um, we, we practiced that together in the last show. And we're going to do it again. Yeah. because of those tech issues we talked about. So uh, you want to talk a little bit about what it is for those who weren't necessarily tuned in last time or, you know, listening to the podcast. Sure. Why not? I'll, I'll dive in on this one. Um, so scriptural listening prayer, um, something you introduced me to. So, you know, once again, another fun, fun moment for that. Um, but it's just a simply another way of listening for God's voice, and but we're using scripture. And so you read through it three times, and each time you're looking for something different for God to highlight for you. So the first time you're reading through, you're looking for a word or a phrase or verse uh, that stands out to you in whichever um, passage of scripture that you're looking through. The second time you go for a different translation, and you're looking for your uh, feelings or mood. What does the scripture that you're reading, what feelings does that evoke in you in the middle of that? And then the third time you go through, you're doing another translation again, and you are looking for the gift or invitation that God has for you in the middle of that. Uh, so that's that's really it yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, that's good. That is it. And it's different. Uh, a lot. Of, there's many people that don't have this experience. Uh there's plenty of people that study the Bible and Bible study is important. That I would say for the first half of my life, that was really important to me, understanding scripture, understanding the context of scripture, you know, hermeneutics that the, which is the idea of, of understanding scripture, the science really of understanding scripture in its context reading things like practices like reading not just one verse, but reading the the whole chapter or passage around it to understand the verse in its context. So you don't take it out of context, which is so easy to do. Uh, Understanding who the author is, who they're writing to, why they're writing to, those things are really important. And that helps with the head knowledge of understanding God. But this is also important, too. This is, it's a both and. We need them both. Yeah. And unfortunately, people practice the Bible study, the head part, which can lead to heart. I've had many times where God spoke to me through my Bible studies. However, this, what we're talking about, this practice, really gets to the heart to the heart of things and it really is to help us hear God's voice through the scripture as it's meant to be God's word right yeah so so it's a both and we need them both and uh, we want to help people with this practice which is not as widely known unfortunately so tonight we're going to do this uh, we're going to walk through Ephesians chapter 2 
And typically, like we said last time, I like to do four, 14 to 15 verses, something not, not too big uh, and not too little um, to give us enough to hear from, from God. However, um, because we're, we're doing this live, we're doing this on a show, we're, we're going to make it a little smaller. Uh, we're doing Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So it's 11 verses. And um, and I think this time <laughs> we're going against what I said last time. If uh-huh. anyone's listening, which is if you're new at this, it's better to uh, to do something from the four gospels, the four accounts of Jesus's life. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have I really feel like um, I have a sense that this is going to be good for us tonight. Uh, so yeah, so I guess this gives us a wide range because well, last time I said either the four accounts of Jesus's life or Acts, yeah, the more the story form to put yourself into it and experience yeah. Jesus there. But we're not doing that tonight. We're doing one of uh, the Apostle Paul's letters, and uh, this in this case it's to the the, the uh, church, the ancient. Uh, the church in ancient Rome or Ephesus rather, which was a Roman province. And so he wrote a letter to them that is now part of our scriptures. And so we're going to do Ephesians two chapter two verses one through 10. So this first time we're going to read through uh, and you, it's either you and I who, who gets to read through it the first time. And we're looking for, like you said, a phrase, a word even, or a whole sentence that uh, that really God is highlighting for us, that like kind of jumps out at us and, you know, we pay attention to. Now the question is, we have not decided this ahead of time. So would you like to read first? I'll share why not. Okay, so you get to pick the translation. And I'm not going to shock anyone who knows me by which translations already have. So before we begin, <laughs> before we begin, for those who are listening to this, what you really need is something to write on, whether that's a journal, a pen, or your phone and notes, or a computer, or whatever. Something that you can just jot down and, and just write, you know, what I do is write the, the, the word in capital, word slash phrase, and then start writing next to that. And then um, the next one I write in caps is emotion, and, you know, a dash next to that. And then last is gift slash invitation. So this one is word phrase, word or phrase or whatever sentence. So before we begin, I mean, this is meant to be participation. For if you're listening, just do this with us. There'll be space enough for you to write down what you think you're hearing. And I want to say once again, this is practice. You don't have to be afraid of messing up. And I think there is a lot of fear that sometimes goes with our our walk with God that isn't coming from him, that we're afraid we're messing things up. But, you know, spiritual practices are called spiritual practices for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're practice. And when you're practicing, there's no sense of failure. That's God's view of this. So you can just relax, really. You can just take a deep breath, relax, rest, and receive whatever God has for you in this. So for us all to do that together, I will do this. I'll pray, 
and uh, when I, and we'll start. And what I love to do as an inviting prayer for God to speak to us is I just like to take a moment in in silence. And and just if I, my mind is racing, I I let my focus turn from my mind to my breathing and let my physical sense of things um, slow down since we're mind, body, and spirit where everything is connected. When I slow down my breathing and I focus on that, my mind begins to follow and allows me to be more receptive to what God wants to say. So let's take a moment of silence and then we'll um, in prayer and silent prayer and then um, in listening that way. And then we will uh, just invite God in and then you can start him. God, Father God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Triune God. There is nothing and no one that compares to you. And we want to hold to you and nothing else. We need you for your life itself. And you offer us everything that we think is life. It's wrapped up in you. We need desperately to hear you, to experience you. It's not enough to know about you. We need intimacy with you. Would you come and would you make yourself known to us? Where are you? Right here for us now, right where we are. Where are you? And who are you for us right now? Would you speak to us? As we read your word, we invite you in. We, we, to the best of our ability, we relax and and rest and allow you uh, the room to reveal yourself. And we know that insecurity and anxiety may rise up in this, and we know that's not from you. That there, you promise us there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. So if there's anything that comes up, God, help us to recognize it as the enemy trying to hinder us hearing from you. Our own, our own um, sinful practices and patterns of thinking and behaving that may, may rise up in us, we recognize that the fear is not you when we bring it to you. Help us stay aware that you are giving us good things. You're giving us peace and joy and love. We, we listen for you. You may convict us. You may encourage us. But whatever it is, God, we want, we know what you have for us is out of love and is what's best. So we're listening without a fear of condemnation. So please speak. We pray that in the authority that you've given to us through Jesus, his authority, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're in Ephesians chapter 2. It's going to be the Passion Translation. Okay. Give me one moment to get there so I can follow along with you if you don't mind. How dare you make me wait. (laughs) Okay, I'm there. All right. 
and his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed to the deeds and desires of our self-life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children, subject to God's wrath like everyone else. But God still loved us with such great love. He is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display of the infinite, limitless riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Jesus Christ. For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Now we just take a few moments of silence to uh, to see what God highlighted to us and to let it settle in. And then in this time, we also write down what whatever we believe God is highlighting in the scripture. All right, Kim. You, uh, I guess you read first, so I guess I'll go first. Is that okay? Works for me. Okay, so we're only sharing. We're only sharing um, what the scripture that or the the word or phrase that we got. We're not giving any explanation of it right at this point. We're just writing it down and moving on to the next reading. So the word I got was uh, Ephesians 2.1, this, this part of that verse, and it was, and his, fi- and his fullness fills you. <laughs> well, ironically enough, other than the and, that's exactly what I got highlighted as well. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's good. interesting. Okay. So now we move on to the second reading. And this time... We're going to pick a different passage, so I'll read it, and um, I'm going to pick the NIV, 
version of uh, NIV version of Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And this time, again, this is a little more difficult, I think, for most people, uh, especially if you're a guy like me, is to be in touch with emotions. What you're looking for is your personal emotional response to what you're reading. How are you feeling based on what you're reading? Maybe even you know, the, the phrase that you, you received last time, maybe that's what is evoking emotion. But, um, you know, it's sometimes hard to, <laughs> sometimes hard to quantify, you know, put that into words. And that's okay. Again, it's not, this is practice. It's not um, life or death. It is practice that leads to life, but it is practice. So here we, go. This is Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 in the NIV. We're looking for an emotional response. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air and the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them as one t- at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So now we sit in silence again and allow God to invite him to reveal our emotional response. One of the things I do in this time is just confess that it's easy for me to overwrite my emotions. And what I mean by that is to to decide that I'm feeling a certain way when in, in reality I'm not. Self-deception is huge, I think, in me and I think in most people. And so I just confess that you know, that I, that I have that ability to self-deceive and and decide what I'm feeling rather than really feel what I'm feeling and, and acknowledge that. So that might be something in the silence to confess and ask God to show you what you're really feeling.
How you doing? Okay. You want to go first or you want me to? Uh, I guess I can go first this time. Okay. Won't make you do it every time. All right. Uh, I just felt a feeling of like the pressure and weight being lifted off while I was reading that. Mm. Nice. I like that. I think the my first emotional response to it was confusion. This time around. Okay. Again, we're not explaining any of this right now. We're just, at this point, we're just writing down and um, paying attention to what we're experiencing and writing it down. All right. Kim, do you want to explain once again uh, a little bit of what this last one is? So the third time we're reading through, we're looking for God's invitation to us or his gift to us in the middle of this which could be something as simple as rest in my presence or I have this for you or you know, it can be pretty much anything. You know, sometimes I think, you know, it could be something as simple as I'm your comforter. Like take a break. Yeah. And that's a gift. That, that is a gift, a gift to re- that reminder that he is our comforter. You know, I, like I sent you that text last time when we were talking about the scripture because I was sitting there going, it was driving me crazy because it's like, I know that I had heard the Holy Spirit described as comforter, but I couldn't remember which translation it was in. Mm. And the only one that describes him that way flat out is actually the King James, mm. which, you know, that was my first Bible once I didn't have a kid's Bible wow. anymore. Uh, I blame my mother and her love of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it literally says, and I will send you a comforter. Mm. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. That's a big part of what the Holy Spirit does is he brings us God's comfort. Yeah. Okay, so you've got an idea, hopefully, with us um, of what we're looking for. could be gift or invitation. And so uh, do you want to read or do you want me to read? I will let you. Okay. Um, I think this time then we're going to go to the ESV. Okay. Okay. Actually, maybe not. I'm changing my mind. Yeah, that's a good thing that we have Bible apps on our phone. Yeah. This will be much more difficult. Yeah. Sorry. How dare you, sir. I, I think I want to do the Amplified on this one. Okay. And there's there's a reason for it, and I won't explain it right now. Um, so, okay, so the Amplified Version, Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 10. And we're looking again for just allowing God to show us the gift or invitation he has for us. And you, he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. You were following the ways of this world, influenced by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work, and the disobedient, the unbelieving who fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers, we also once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit, and the impulses of the sinful mind, 
We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But God being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. And he did this so that in the ages to come, he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. For it is by, God, for it is by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but it is the undeserved, gracious gift of God, not as a result of your works, nor your attempts to keep the law, so that no one will be able to boast or take credit in any way for his salvation. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us before taking paths which, which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And once again, we're looking for the gift or invitation that God has for us in this. And it's really up to him to show us that. So if you haven't received anything yet, it's okay to, we're going to spend some time again in silence and listen and allow him to reveal. And this is also time you can write it down if you get, if you have received something. All right. Uh, 
Can you want me to go first? Yep. <laughs> I'm guessing. So this time we're just we're sharing the gift or invitation that we received, but we're also, you know, we're going to going into more discussion. So if I was doing this alone, what I would also do in this part is is begin to uh, write down um, more that I'm receiving. Like there might be questions that, or, you know, like more of what I'm receiving or questions that I have based on what I've, I've received because what I find is whatever we get from God often comes with even more, uh, questions or needing more clarification and and so praying for more and um and journaling on those things helps so just to get started um i i i I received this shine with me and there's a there's a bunch more that i'll explain as we're now starting to discuss things but um after i we hear your word uh, your gift, rather, or invitation, but it, it does come from from uh, Ephesians two seven, and this one in the Amplified. Uh, it first touched me actually in the in the TPT, the tra- the Passion Translation, um, and the wording that I don't remember for Ephesians two seven there. But anyway, it says, and he did this so that in the ages to come he might clearly show the immeasurable and unsurpassed riches of his grace and his kindness together toward us in Christ Jesus by providing for our redemption. And there's actually a little more to, to that. Um, before that says in, in six, actually he raised us up together with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. So I think it comes from actually Ephesians two, six and seven. How about you? What did you get? Uh, the short one was, don't let your awareness of your brokenness become bigger than your awareness of me. Mm. Say that again? Don't let your awareness of your brokenness become bigger than your awareness of me. So an invitation? Then <laughs> mm. did that come from any particular passage or a scripture verse or passage in that? Um. I mean, it kind of was going with the fullness. His fullness fills in you. And then, to be honest, before we started this, I was journaling because I woke up late, as you know, which is uh, <clears throat> extremely stressful to the person who likes to show up on time and who honestly um, almost rolled over, rolled over three times and almost continued to roll over, mm. um, which is not my normal. Uh, but so I was just very much in a place where I was like, I can't do this right now. When I got here, I'm like, okay, I'm stressed out. My heart is still pounding a million miles an hour. Like, God, what are you doing here? And, you know, that's how my whole first part of the journal entry Mm -hmm. started. And then I started remembering what I'd been listening to when I took a shower (laughs) earlier, because I tend to listen to podcasts or audiobooks. And I was, um, re-listening to Uninvited by Elisa Turkhurst. Mm. And she talks 
a lot about things that I recognize really well. But then she says these three phrases that she says that she started focusing on as her kind of the beginning of the day focus, which is, God, you are good. God, you are good to me. And God, you are good at being God. Hmm. So my journal entry went from, I can't do this, help, I'm freaking out, to, you are good. You are good to me. You are my comforter. And started going into who he said he was, and that allowed me to kind of calm my brain back down and my body back down to where I could sense God's presence again. Because mm. I was too freaked out to feel it earlier. Mm. What I hear in that is the the thing, the practices that God is is teaching me in this is what this really does. What we're doing here is first of all it gives us awareness. Right. Yeah. What I hear in that journal entry is that you had awareness of your own emotional response. Mm. You had awareness that you were panicking or feeling overwhelmed, feeling what you know. I mean, you tell me what you were feeling in that. I I shouldn't be telling you. (laughs) That's a bad thing. Don't tell a nine what they're feeling. Yeah. I'll just agree with you. <laughs> tell me, yeah. So what what were what were the emotions you were feeling as you were writing those uh, things down? A lot of it was stress. Like I mean, I literally had like practically a panic attack. You know that feeling you get when you're in a nightmare and you've fallen off the cliff and you're about to die. Yeah. That was the feeling I woke up with and I couldn't shake. And was this when you woke up late? Well, it wasn't. I literally because I was halfway awake. I didn't actually get a real nap. Mm. which didn't help <laughs> yeah um and then so like I just uh, rolled over for the third time I just felt a super panicky feeling that normally I only get after I've had a nightmare and then I'm like fine I'll look at the clock I don't know why I look over I'm like oh <laughs> I'm 20 plus minutes later than I intended to get up mm. which um, technically you weren't late to get here. We were getting here early to pray. So True, true. But uh, anyone who knows me at all knows that um, being a minute early is being late hmm. as a general rule. Okay, so you had this panic attack. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I was panicked before I was actually all the way awake and I couldn't figure out why. Hmm. Um, and then once I woke up, I was like, okay, uh, it's 3.36. We don't live in the same town, so mm-hmm. so my mind immediately started racing all the things I had to grab, and dang it, I meant to grab coffee before I, I did get the coffee. Mm-hmm. I decided being late was worth the coffee. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't have to worry about being late, but and I still had to go to my parents' house, so you know, I immediately go, oh, I need to get the stool because you know I'm five foot two. Your chairs are high. <laughs> True. <laughs> they're they're higher than my hip level. So I feel like I'm climbing Mount Everest every time I'm getting onto these stinking chairs. Um and then at the same time because of that kind of panicky nightmare feeling, like I was also feeling like I was gonna cry every two seconds. Mm. So like my emotions were really close to the surface. I'm like I yeah which is not my normal preferred mode of going through the day. And that is, is that overwhelm you when you can feel? When I, yeah. When I'm, when I'm at that point where I'm like, Ooh, I'm with people and I can't cut the feeling of, of wanting to cry off. Like that's, that's more <laughs> emotion than I generally allow myself before going hmm. back into ignoring it. What is that? 
when you feel those emotions, that sense of um, being overwhelmed right near the surface and you're around other people. Well, let's say that's when you're by yourself and when you're around other people. Like, what's your typical um, response to that? Probably depends on the day. Some days I'll turn to God and just lean on him, especially if I'm alone. It's easier if I'm alone. Um, to turn to him and go, okay, <laughs> what's going on? I, I, I don't feel good. And, and kind of just, you know, lean on him with it. Um, if I'm with people, I'm like, ah, I am not the cry in front of people type, as you were well aware. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'm going, okay, well, I can't let this out right now. So I generally try to distract my brain somehow with something. And if you can't? Well, <laughs> then I just deal with it, <laughs> which is not really dealing with it because I still won't let it out where anyone can see it as a general rule. I think there's another response. Mm. Flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you leave. Yeah, that, that would be a nice response. <laughs> In a nutshell, running, running is a generally an option. So the distraction, would that be like to just push it down? To... Yeah, it could be, if I'm with people, it could be to start focusing on what they're doing. So I'm not focusing on what's going on in me. Yeah. Could be doodling, could be anything that kind of distracts hmm. uh, my brain. It doesn't happen as often around people, so it's been a little bit. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That's well, that's the the cool thing in this is, you know, for me, my typical response when things are rising up like that and that insecurity, my first response is to distract myself, like you said, and suppress it. You yeah. know, suppress the truth of what's happening in me. Um, that's my, my initial response. And so what I love that in this, again, going back to what I said earlier was the awareness that's first and foremost. So be aware of what you're feeling to be honest with it is the second one, that acknowledgement. So, you know, these are A's for me so I can remember them well. (laughs) So there's awareness that a God, uh, that you part partner with God and participate with by, making yourself open to experiencing this and making yourself available to experience this and then acknowledging it before God. And the other part of acknowledgement is not only acknowledging what you're experiencing, but acknowledging this is what you did, who he is. That's huge. Both of those are needed to acknowledge the situation and then turn your eyes from the internal or external situation that's, that's not good to God and acknowledge who he is in that moment. Right. Yeah. It's definitely not something I always do, but it's definitely something that helps. It doesn't always take all the pain away, but it does give you the comfort of remembering who he really is. Yeah. And it makes him bigger than the pain. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like different drugs can, you know, like suppress pain or whatever. They don't necessarily take it all away. They maybe just take the edge off. But with with this, what God does, I find oftentimes is I still feel 
like the uncertainty of my circumstances. I still feel things, but I don't feel overwhelmed. When I turn my eyes to him and acknowledge him, turn my eyes to him by acknowledging him, that he's good, who he is in his character, right? That he's good, he's faithful, he's love, he is my life. He has never let me down. He's righteous in that way. His righteousness is that he, he's doing what he says he will do, even if I'm not seeing it. And so that's good. That's good that, so that led to, that was earlier, the journaling. Yeah, and, and just, you know, my brain, because we've talked about this before, but I'll say it again. I tend to hear the still small voice the most. So I don't always have a scriptural tie-in when it comes to this stuff. And a lot of times it's just whatever he's bringing up in the moment, mm. you know, and, you know, there's been a lot of changes in the last <laughs> nine months or so, mm-hmm. you know, so it can be easy to get stuck looking at what's not going right or the brokenness you see that you've just uncovered another layer of because you thought you were done with it. Mm-hmm. That's been happening this week with me. So I get that. Yeah. So it can be so easy to focus on that, that you don't take any other steps forward because you just get stuck looking at your own crud, Mm. you know, instead of focusing on who he is and who he says he is and, you know, who he says you are, you know, which ties into the feeling of the pressure and weight being lifted off, right? Yeah. You know, because if he's who he says he is and you're who he says he is, you know, if you are who he says you are, and he is who he says he is, then the pressure really should be off. <laughs> mm. Because all he wants is for you to be his kid. Yeah. And that's more than enough. You know? And if his fullness is really inside of you, if all of who God is really is filling you. His completeness. His completeness, the fullness of who he is, is already inside of you. And it's all good. Yeah, when we focus on that. Yeah, when we focus on that, that being the, the trick on that one. We focus on his incom- on his completeness and incompleteness. At, at, then we're overwhelmed. So our in, then our incompleteness is overwhelmed by his completeness, rather than when we then that comes through looking at his character, rather than looking at our circumstances. And, and being overwhelmed by our incompleteness and yeah. our sense of being unable to handle that. That's really, we're always incomplete, but it's insecurity that rises up in, in us and that he overwhelms that. And you said earlier, Kim, that uh, you don't know, you, you, don't, you hear the still small voice. It doesn't always come with the scripture. But in this case, what I hear you saying is, is there's a tie-in from what you wrote down earlier when you were overwhelmed to what you were receiving now in that gift or invitation. There's a scriptural tie-in. Yeah, which was um, Ephesians 2.1, which was why I wanted to go first, because I was already in the Passion Translation. Mm. So when we opened to that, like before we even started, that word, his fullness fills you, jumped out at me, and I couldn't stop looking at it. I'm like, oh, I'm taking the first one. Because... <laughs> uh, I want to make sure that that word that stuck out to me, I get to actually use, hmm. not have it lost in translation, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, talk about 
so you you just shared like the emotional response was when that passage yeah con- connected to you it, it felt like oh wait it was being lifted off yeah i think because of you know my past and my history you know the the biggest one of the biggest things i got was your junk you're not worth fighting for and you're kind of throwaway. That's the message you received. That was the message I received, you know. Whether it was being... You know, that's kind of how that works when, you know, your mom doesn't keep you and then your parents don't take care of you the way they should. Mm Kind of comes with that territory. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it talks about you are God's poem, you are God's workmanship, well, that takes all the pressure off to fight against those other lies. Look, I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I created you. Now, poems are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they're individual. And they're, Yeah. Everyone's different. You know, and it always brings me back to <laughs> Madeline Langle, who being one of my favorite authors, um, she talks about, uh, oh, good, now I'm not going to remember the name of the type of poetry, uh, but it's what Shakespeare used a lot. And now my brain is going blank. It's okay. Not at all irritating. Um, <laughs> it happens. But so there's a specific type of poetry that Shakespeare uses a lot, which I'm forgetting the name of. But if it doesn't meet certain rules, it's not that kind of poem. Mm. In those rules is complete freedom. Mm. And, you know, and that's the beauty of that kind of poem. It's like, yeah, there's rules and there's boundaries. And if you don't follow them, it's not that kind of poetry anymore. But within that is complete freedom to say and do whatever you want. You know, and that's the beauty of poetry. Within this, it's like, yeah, God's sovereign. God has firm control. But within those boundaries, he gives us this limitless freedom to be who he said we were. And it's only when we divert that the poetry starts looking like something else. Yeah. That was never meant to be. When we step outside of those rules. Yeah. Then we wind up with wonky lines Mm -hmm. (laughs) that don't make any sense within the poetry. And so what I hear you saying then is when we align ourselves with who God says we are and, um, and stay in relationship with him uh, so that we can know him what he says about himself, not only who we are, but who yeah. he is um, internally as we practice that, as this is one of those practices, as as we get to know him more intimately, we get to see him more. We get to know him, how he moves and how he works. So in, internally, as we get to know him better, we begin to notice him externally in the world and where he's working. and And that becomes our invitation as his workmanship to join him in the work he has specifically for each one of us as one of his beautiful poems that he wants to be a part of and be recited and displayed in this work. That's only for us. It's a work that he invites us into that he shows us out there in the world that we see him working and, um, you know, the, and go, oh, that's God. Okay, I'm getting to know him more intimately. I'm noticing that's God. And when we do that, he, we, that's our invitation to go be with him because that is our work for us, for, 
for us as individuals that he has prepared for us, as the scripture says here, in advance for us to do. And so that's where we step into it with him and we stay in alignment with him instead of running around, not knowing him, trying to do good works for him rather than do the work with him that he has specifically made for us. So the more we know him intimately here, the more we recognize him out there in the world, the more we step in to the work he has set aside for each one of us that's for no one else. And that's where the poetry is displayed. The poem is, is that he recites the poem of who we are and shows his beauty through us to the people in that situation. And whether they receive it or not is up to them. It's not up to us. The results aren't up to us. It's only up to us to see and participate in what he's already doing. And that's where I love Second uh, Peter chapter 1, where it says we get to participate in the divine nature, internally and externally. And, yeah, so what you're saying, what I'm hearing really applies to also what what I'm getting out of this, which was, you know, I, I got the same verse as you yeah. was that sense of um, being filled with the fullness, you know, from the passion translation for the same reason was that I was feeling pretty incomplete in some ways today. And it didn't go the way I wanted to. And, you know, like things left undone. Um, I'm writing a book and I didn't write the way, you know, as much as I wanted to today and feeling things left undone and, and feeling incomplete. And what, when I feel incomplete, what it usually means is I, I feel insecure. And so I feel that sense of God again, reminding me that he is the one who's faithful, perfectly, completely faithful and righteous to overwhelm my inadequacies. I don't have to be insecure. He wants to overwhelm that. So, and that, you know, this is the invitation he has for me personally to write this book. I know it, but it's not going to happen in one day because I'm, I'm trapped in time and I have limited capacity for today. But it's perseverance. And this is what the invitation for me is, shine with me. God is faithful and he perseveres. And no matter what we do, his love for us, he has completed himself. He needs nothing from you and me, right? He doesn't need anything from us. He gives himself away without expecting anything back. And that is his unconditional love and his faithfulness. And so what I'm getting for myself in that is just a reminder that whether or not I feel like I did enough today uh, in the work that he has given me to do, there's always the next day. And I'm finite in my capacity and power to, to do enough in each moment. And that's okay. If I, the, the question is, will I let that drive me away from God in my insecurity and fear or in the fear of what I call the, what I see as the fear of the Lord, right? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of understanding, right? Or a wisdom, which leads to insight, right? 
The fear of the Lord for me is the decision in my fear, whether I will run away from him and hide like Adam and Eve did after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Or, 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 and even before then, they didn't run to him when, when um, the enemy was disparaging God and slandering him. They didn't run to God. You know, that, that I'm sure that brought fear up. And they didn't run to God. They ran away from him into what he told them not to do. And so the question is, in my fear, will I run away from God or run to him? And what I hear, and this is the invitation today, I can feel distinctly my incompleteness. He's like, Kurt, tomorrow's another day. And in, the, in this moment, let me fill you with my completeness and my faithfulness and my righteousness. And let's keep going. And so if what I hear you saying is that when we align with him, when we stay within the poetry, the, the bounds of the poetry of who God is and who we are, there's freedom. Sonnets. There we go. Sonnets. That was going to drive me crazy. Just remember bonnet. It rhymes. <laughs> so when, we, we, when we're in you know, um, that, we stay within the bounds of the sonnet of God, of the song and, and the, the poetry of who God is and who he made us to be. We'll, we'll, we'll be overwhelmed with his completeness and we have freedom to risk and fail and keep going and not give up. That's what I'm hearing. Shine with me and shining with him. He's, he's put me in this place to display his glory. And in this case, it's going to be a prolonged journey of writing before I get there. Before anyone else, before this book is lifted up and he's displayed through what he's, my experiences. In the meantime, it's going to be stops and starts. But will I trust him and, uh, and will, his faithfulness? And will I stay within the bounds of that faithfulness and that sonnet of his character and walk in alignment with that? And then as I do, as I don't run away and hide because of a moment's sense of incompleteness and not doing as much as I wanted to do today, if I go to him, I'll stay aligned with him and his faithfulness, his promise that he will faithfully carry me through the writing of this book day by day until it's done. And the money and provision I need will be there. And so, and and I can shine with him today. I can be displayed today in other ways. Even in this. So this is good. This has been helpful. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say is the confusion for me was that there's a vast difference in the TPT in the beginning. Like the the fullness part is yeah. not is not in the other translation. So I was like, wait, what? You know, like there was a little bit of confusion. Um, and then later there was, you know, speaking when it talks about God's wrath, I've come to understand his wrath in a, in a different way. And we can talk about that some other time, but, um, but there's always, anytime I, I, I read that, it always, there's a, there's also a cringe moment of catching, but, uh, you know, what I'll say about that just as simply is I've learned that what God does in his wrath is he lets us go our way. And that's really love. 
And even in his anger, he lets us go our way. If we want to go outside the bounds of the sonnet, go ahead, because he knows really what we're going to experience is death, but he's not going to stop us. And he doesn't want us to experience death. He's not punishing us when we walk outside the bounds of the sonnet. He's allowing us to go out there and experience what he's actually always trying to protect us from, which is outside of the bounds of who we are and who he is, is death. And But if we want to go to that, I said I wasn't going to explain this, but I am. But when we want to, if we want to go to that, his wrath, which is really, as Romans 1 says, is on the suppression of the truth, which is in this verse, too, that men suppress the truth in their wickedness, the truth of who God is and, you are, and who we are. And so, therefore, we are. And so that's what you say. We go outside. When we suppress the truth of God, of who God is and who we are, we go outside the bounds of the sonnet. And outside of that is death because it's not who he is and not who we are and he's life. And, and we're meant to be the recipients of that life and reflectors of his life. Go outside the bounds, we find death. And he's, in his wrath, he, it says in Romans 1, 2, that he gives us over to what we want. That's love. So therefore, as we begin to taste death, that's hopefully what he wants for us is to see it that the death isn't really what we're after. Anxiety, fear, shame, insecurity, the things we feel when we run away from him, the experiences we have can turn us around and lead us go, no, I want to, I don't like the taste of this. I want a different diet. I'm going to turn back and go back into the rules of the poetry of who God is and who I am and live in that life. And that's actually God's wrath lets us go so that, and lets us run outside of that and discover the death that's out there so that we'll turn back and, and taste life again. Taste him. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you were going to say something. My brain went blank. <laughs> 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 okay, oh, but that really is his goodness, right? I mean, you turn around and he's right there. We have a tendency to think of him as far away sometimes. But, you know, he's literally, you turn around and he's already there. Going, oh. Hey, there you are. Mm. You know, and that's the beauty of it. Too many times we think, oh, I've got to get all of this together before I turn back. Yeah. God's like, nope, I want you messing all. Come on. Come back in. You know, come home. That's really what it is. It's home. And ideally, Mm. you know, home is that place where you get to be you. The poetry of you. Yeah. And the, an important part of that is we are created, we are masterpieces created to do good works. And the being, being first who God made us to be, knowing him and being with him mm. comes first, right? There's a subtle thing in that in Ephesians 2.10. Being with God, being in the poetry of who he is, knowing him intimately and knowing ourselves as he reveals who we really are to him. And we accept that and receive that. That's the being first, being his masterpiece. And then the doing flows out of that. Notice that in that verse, there is a progression from being to doing. And then as we step into the doing, we find him there and we be with him. As it says, right, 
together lifted up with him into the heavenly places. We find that when we go out to do the good work, we find him there and we get to know him even more in the work, which leads to more being with him, which leads to knowing him more in the work. And there's this upward spiral that happens. It's a beautiful thing. Definitely takes the pressure off in your eyes. It's being first. Mm-hmm. Definitely counterculture on that mm-hmm. one. Though. Yeah, the whole world. Fix up the outside. Yeah, identity. Look pretty. You are what you do. Yeah. I literally, I think, because I went to a leadership conference last. Gosh, it's been a whole year now. At Bethel, and one of the speakers was talking about how that was literally how he managed to burn out was because he had gotten confused between who he was and what he did. Mm -hmm. And so then when God called him to step back and stop doing a ministry that he had put his heart and soul into for, I think it was more than 20 years, almost close to 30 years, he didn't know who he was anymore Mm. because his ministry and his call had become who he was. Mm instead of his identity being God's son. His beloved child, yes. So that he wound up burnt out because he'd gotten identity confused with calling. Mm. And they're not the same. Right. Yeah. And we and we do it all the time. We say I'm a whatever, plumber, a fireman, a fast pastor. food worker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's not who we are, it's what we do. And, you know, I, I totally understand that God is working me through that with the, the things in my own life. So that's good. That's a that's a, a good reminder for us, you know. I think this has really been good. What we're doing here is the being, getting to know God. And in in, uh, this part of this is getting to know God and ourselves, our emotional response, what God's saying and how we're responding to that. That's the being and and learning to know God more intimately and who he made us to be. This practice today helps with that. And so for those of you who are listening and doing this with us, we we do want to hear in in this practice what you, you heard for yourself. And so there's a couple of ways that you can do that. You can email us at lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com, lifehurtsgodheals2020 at gmail.com, and just share with us your experiences. Or you can just post it or message us on Facebook. You can like our Facebook page, which is Life Hurts God Heals, simply that. Search Facebook. I'm sure you'll come up with it. Uh, find our website if you haven't yet. Um, and just post, post uh, there or message us through that um, through that Facebook page and let us know what you've experienced in doing this with us. We would love to. I mean, it's encouraging to us. And if there's if there's stuff in that that you have more questions that that you have for whatever God showed you, you need further clarification. Um, you're not sure and you want to talk to somebody about it, yeah, let us know. Can, we would love to connect with you. And we might do this again. Who knows? Right now, who knows what next week you know, in the next show brings. So 
Yeah, it's all up in the air. Yeah, but I, what I right now here in the present, what I'm thankful for is for you being a part of this and what you shared, your vulnerability, Kim, what you shared today was was great. So thank you for that. Yeah, I mean it. Mm-hmm. Anytime. I, I enjoy being with you here on this. Yeah, well, I enjoy having you. And I, I appreciate your heart. I appreciate what you bring. And uh, that vulnerability brings great power. So thank you. Until next time, Kim. Anytime.